The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right, it's going down. I'm psyched for this Saturday night's uh, show. I have my friend Tracy Elizabeth in studio. And uh, you might have known her from the TV show Janice Dickinson uh, Modeling Agency. It was a, it was a huge TV show, and uh, you were one of the uh, the models on there. I was right. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into your whole story, because you know now you're doing prison ministry, you're a model, you still model. I do. Uh, you're very interesting. I met you. Um, I don't even remember. We were just talking about we were at the Crave okay, Rave. Yeah. Yeah. And we met and we were, we were hanging out talking and you told me your story and this is why I wanted to bring you on the radio show, obviously. But uh, we haven't really hung out, you know, since then, since that night. But it's been funny because I've been following you on Instagram and uh, <laughs> dude, you're funny. You, you post some funny stuff. Yeah, I'm not a big <laughs> social media person, though, though. I never really got into the wave of it. Yeah. Of just, you know, it taking off. I don't know. I never bought followers. How about yeah. that? I could just say that. Well, you use it correctly. I mean, I see the, the funny stuff, you know, when we went into this whole COVID thing and, oh. you know, the, the, the post that went along with it. And recently you posted like you got a chicken or something. I did. Yeah, I got a chicken. Where was that at? What is it? Um, it is a, um, I'm trying to think. Polish chicken. It's a Polish chicken. Where'd you buy the chicken? Uh, just <laughs> offline. I, oh, you so bought I, it online? Yeah, so I bought, I have a chicken. Um, I have three. One of them's honey. Uh -huh. The other one's Trinity. And then there's one and he, his head, it's like, he's Polish. I think yeah. he has like this huge hair on his head. Yeah. He, I named him, I want to name him Luna dash tick. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Is that I, the one that you? That's razor. the one you posted the picture of, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, but hold on. You live in Hollywood, right? I live in the valley. Okay, but I still, I moved like, to the valley. I used to live in the city. I'm out. Okay, but you have chickens. Like that's kind of weird. I do in the backyard. They lay one egg a day, so you got four eggs a day. They're little babies, but they'll. I think they'll lay eggs in about three or four months. Do your neighbors trip on you because you have chickens? Like that's kind no, of. No, they're kind of quiet. Really? I want to get a hot pink leash uh -huh. and put it on a leash when it gets big, and then like take and just it kind of walk around. But then they go to the bathroom a lot yeah. so I have to put maybe a diaper on them I don't know are they pretty messy <laughs> yeah they are yeah. they're birds I mean they walk yeah. in their own feces and it's bad yeah. they're well, the cutest things in the world they're low maintenance in dogs my dog passed two years ago and mm. d animals are a lot of work yeah no they are that's why we don't have any animals right now the only animals I have are my kids no <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> I go I can't have more animals or else you'll I can't we can't clean more poop I was actually in a chicken coop uh, this weekend, actually in Idaho, with my daughters, oh, that's awesome. and there okay. was uh, there was about twenty chicks. I guess they're called chicks. Yes. And then six chickens. Yeah. They were laying eggs right there, and right. literally, my daughters would not leave the chicken coop. I go, we drove all the way to Idaho for yeah. them to stay in this chicken coop at hundred degree weather, and they loved it. They were literally turning red. Yeah. Well, they're fun because they kind of have their attention span short, so they're just all over the place. And yes. Kids love that because it's the same. So mm -hmm. they're just mm -hmm. all over the place. It was epic. Okay. <laughs> so hey, so I've been watching you on Instagram and. Once the whole pandemic happened, you ended up just doing some guy crazy tour. You were in like Palm Springs. I was out of town. I yeah. left. I thought the world's ending. I had a dream five years ago, actually, uh -huh. Uh -huh. that the world was going to end. Mm -hmm. And I ended up in Orange County at my dad's house. And we, for us to leave the house, we had to carry guns. And mm -hmm. everyone was killing each other. Wow. So I just thought, okay, maybe this is second coming of yeah. Christ is yeah. coming. I didn't panic, but yeah. I definitely thought... 
I, I called my dad. I go, make sure you have enough water for three years. Yeah. Get your guns ready, your ammo, yeah. have gasoline, you yeah. know, just in yeah. case they shut down gas stations. I was just so crazy. So instead of just staying put mm -hmm. like a normal person does, yeah. I decided to go on vacation yeah. <laughs> for three months. I was in Palm Springs, Lake Havasu, Orange County, L.A., did the circle of just in that area. Well, it's true. We don't know when Jesus is coming. You know, any anytime you got to be ready because uh, right. you don't know how crazy it's going to get up to the point when he comes. Right. So yeah, guns, ammo, water, you know, our family, we got that all. We're yeah. ready, you know, in case something Firewood, happens. Firewood, just in case we have to kill eat I dead don't, bodies. I don't, I don't have, <laughs> I'm not eating bodies, but I... <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely no, not, hey, but you never know. You know what's, you know? no, it's crazy because when you look at... Um, like what happened in Russia during the war and all that stuff. They were, they were, uh, they were eating uh, each other to survive. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, even, absolutely. Even back in the old, in the Bible days, or you know, in in the Old Testament, when they would put a siege on the city, they started uh, eating, you know, right. themselves because they to survive. So right. it could get crazy. I hope to God that God comes before anything like that ever happens. But yeah, be ready. You never know the time or the hour when Jesus is going to come, That's and you, true. you need to always. Uh, be ready and make sure yeah, that you're... Yeah, be vigilant. Be smart, you know? Exactly. You never know. Are they going to loot grocery stores next? And then we don't yeah. have food and the food supply is short. We have millions of people in California. Look at what's happening right now. I know we're going to get into your story, but we're just kind of breaking down some stuff really quick. I mean, everything, but there's rioting going on right now. People are taking everything. I mean, it could get crazy where it's... I mean, instead of just a, a protest, instead of a protest of, of, you know, the racism and everything that's going on... Right. You know, if it gets crazy, imagine if people are hungry, imagine parents that right. are just going to get their kids food they're right. gonna they're gonna raid you or know? their elderly parents who taking, knows you know, what's gonna happen right. but this is why it's important the whole focus is that you know we know that god hasn't given us a spirit of fear but a sound mind and discipline right that we need to focus and read the word and know what he's telling us and how to act and what to do during these times right and this is why i wanted to bring you on the radio show because you have a cool story and when I know about when I what I've heard about your story when you told me that at that event at that crave event is that um, when you look at culture and whole, like overall like around the world right you know there's a lot of people uh, that are struggling and going through a lot of the things that you went through with your sexuality mm -hmm. and just life experience and it's very your story is very relevant to this culture right and that's why I wanted to bring you in to to talk about it. So we know that you are on a, a huge uh, modeling show um, on TV. Uh, you've you've worked and you work with a lot of uh, celebrities and a lot of different people. You're in those circles, but you're also now doing. You're a Christian and you're doing prison ministry, which is so crazy because you would never think when you told me I do prison ministry. I'm like, really? Like, you, I'm so passionate. It about didn't it. look. I love it. it just didn't. I know. I guess I judge a book by its cover, right? Yeah. Uh, which I hate when people do, but I just, I guess I was more in shock. I was like, oh, right. wow. But I, then I immediately, I thought, dude, that's so dope. Like, because yeah, awesome. you have the heart of like, I want to go reach people. And that's what I saw when I met you. Right. And that's why I'm like, we're going to connect and do a radio show. Well, I didn't know I had that in me, you know, yeah. when I started. Um, so yeah. I just didn't know. Well, but. let's, let's get into the story so people can hear it all. So yes. you, did you grow up in Orange County? Is that? I did. I grew up in Orange County. My father is a police officer, very strict, was born and raised in Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. Mm -hmm. um, very just hard family. You were Ukrainian, very tough people. Mm -hmm. And they immigrated to Long Beach. My grandfather um, moved to Orange County in the mid-50s. And then my mother's father was a sergeant of LAPD. 
during the 50s as well. So that was, you know, beating the crap out of black people was that oh, culture yeah. back then. And oh, my, yeah. my grandfather was a sergeant of wow. LAPD during that time. Yeah. And then my father became a police officer for the city of Anaheim. So I grew up with all men, police officers all around me, men my whole entire life. Right. My mother, however, I wasn't really close with her. She left my dad and, you know, got addicted to drugs and became an, a huge alcoholic. And what, what age was this? Um, she left my life when I was five or six years old. So that you, scarred me for still yeah. till this day. It's sad. Um, I mean, it was really hard for me. Devastated me most of my life. How did that? How did that affect you exactly? Break that um, down a little bit. I've never really let anyone in. Mm -hmm. I think um, I was always looking for a motherly figure. So I, as I got older and be, went into the entertainment business, I kind of um, gravitated toward more women. Yep. Um, in a homosexuality way. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard for me. Um, never really would talk about it normally. Um, and my dad was really tough on me. He, I think, looked at me and saw my mom. Mm -hmm. And as a kid, when growing up, you just want to be loved. Yeah. And I never really experienced that from mm -hmm. my dad or my mom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was a really hard life, too. So, so from my way as a kid fighting back, got myself into sports. I played roller hockey on a men's team when I was eight years old. Um, got into softball. Like any, I could throw a football and catch it like a man. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. The sport ability I developed being raised by men. I'm going to take you out front to see if you can throw 100%, that football. 100%. Let's do it. <laughs> I can. And That's I awesome. will. And it's awesome. So, yeah. So you basically just kind of got put into this whole... Uh, just to, as, as an escape, you know, to not think about that. And so many kids are affected about that. We've talked about this before on the show that 50% of, um, of kids that grow up in California come from broken homes. Yeah, I mean. So this is very relevant, very common. Right, well, and what was hard is I think we grew up near Belinda, which was this kind of a upper class family-oriented city mm -hmm. and went to school with a bunch of rich kids. Mm -hmm. And though my dad made money and good money, he was always, always was working. So it was always bouncing around different families' house. But then when my mom would watch us, we would go into meth houses in like Garden Grove no at like way. eight, nine years old. And so I'd hang out with these kids that you could tell they weren't bathed properly and they just didn't shower. And then the guy of, that owned the house looked like, you know, he was clearly on meth. And oh, my yeah. mom would go in the bedroom with them for 30 minutes. And then me and my brother kind of looking at each other because my dad's family is this conservative family, and then here I am, like half of the week, going into these meth houses at eight, nine years old. How old are you at this time? Five. Eight and eight, nine at this point. Oh, okay. Well, she left at but five, but then you know when she would come and visit. And so hang she out okay. Once so she didn't just disappear. But no, no, no. She was just in and out of my life. Dude, for horrible. Most, yeah, it was it was devastating because yeah. when you're a kid, all you want is your parents' attention, especially yeah. that love and affection from a mother figure, and I never got that, you know. Um, and then I think she, you know, used my dad for child support money. And then. Yep. Wow, that's that's heavy. Yeah, I know it was hard because, um, you know, she's a beautiful woman. And I've seen a lot of people like ruin their lives over drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. I've seen it happen, especially with divorces. Like you see people, their lives are destroyed. Now, how was, was your dad affected through all this? I mean, did he did he go into like drinking a lot? Or was no, he, my father was a police officer. So, so he, he was just straight by. It. He stayed focused on his work. But mm. the problem is, is you're raising two children. Yep. You're single. You're a police officer. You're working 45 hours a week. Um, you know, and he was hard on me because he looked at me and saw my mom. Mm. So mm. I had that like. But you weren't your mom. You were. No. individual and that's the thing is you could look so much like someone and you yeah. would think that they're like that but well because be of that i never even do, still to this day never tried drugs was yeah. always scared you know drank 
some, yeah. partied some, but yeah, yeah had Never. really bad experiences yeah. growing up. It was not easy at so, all. So you grew up in this crazy environment. Yes. And when did you even decide to get into, like how the whole modeling thing, how the yeah. whole, how'd your whole career thing birth from, you grew up in this environment and then you get hooked up with Hollywood. What was that whole transition? My like? dad was basically telling me, you're not gonna end up like your mother, so you better go do something with your life. Mm -hmm. He didn't financially support me. I put myself, first semester college, had three jobs, still in Orange County. I'm like, I don't know what to do. People, when I was growing up, were like, oh, you should go into modeling. I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, whatever. I don't care. It's like the least of my worries. Mm -hmm. um, I went into an agent's office in Santa Ana, brand, mm -hmm. model, and talent agency. They basically were like, we like your look. You have a good commercial look. I got my pictures done right away, booked my first job, then booked the second job, like right away, boom, made money right out of high school. Perfect. Was taking home $10,000 paychecks. My dad's like, what? It, it was shocking. Yeah. And then- um, 18, 18, 18 years, years old, old $10,000 paychecks. You're yes. like, I it, made it. Yeah, 18, 19 years old, I was just high on life with making money. Heck yeah. I, it's unheard of at that age. Yeah. Um, there was a modeling show called Janice Dickens and Modeling Agency. Mm -hmm. I decided, okay, if I go to auditions, all these girls look like me, I need to stand out. It, I always treat it like a business. I always yeah, like hustling, I need to make money. Yeah. I can't just go in here and look like all the other girls. Got on the show, Janice was calling me fat right away, you're short and you're fat. This was when Kate Moss, that body type, very thin, yep. Models were eating disorders, drugs. That yes. was very relevant in the industry. Still, what year I was came this? in. What, what year was it? This when was two thousand and six and seven. Okay, still like just come out of it, right? Tyra Banks had a show. Janice Dickinson was one of the judges. Tyra fired her. She started her own show. She called me fat all the time. What were you, were you fat? No, but I was, you know, I had baby fat. I was 19 years old when I got okay. on the show. Um, and, and they were looking for like skin and bones. They were looking for a 5'10", 105 to 10 pound models. Yeah. Very thin. Like yeah. as thin and as I remember wrist. seeing pictures of Kate Moss and I'm like, that's like skin and But bones. that was fashion. I mean, it still yeah. kind of is in Europe. But so for me, yeah. I was 19 going, listen, this girl's not going to screw up my money and my career. I stood up to her and I was like, you know what? We're in California. On the show? Yeah. This is the look that I, I don't, I'm going to work and make money. And I did. I made money beside, outside of her show. Yeah. And I stood up to her and it made history because like Ricky Lake had a show and I remember running into her at a couple of parties and became friends with her and she would say, oh come, my God. a little bit closer to the mic, sorry about that. Yeah, um, I would run into Ricky Lake mm -hmm. at my executive producer's house at a house party and mm -hmm. she'd go, you know, I'm so proud that you were like able to stand up, you know? And then after we decided to go back and forth on the show, the entire bank started having the plus size models on her show. Oh. And so stuff started getting real with that industry with wow. weight. So wow. Janice and I molded the, I don't know what you call it, but we were the first to bring up weight and I, her and I changed yep. the industry yeah. of weight. Yeah. So now we have like the Kardashians and the plus size models and they're uh -huh. all making money and, and voluptuous, where did it start? I, Tyra Banks takes credit for it, but it actually started with Janice Dickinson and I on our show. That is so crazy. Cause I was, was talking to my deal. wife about that. I'm like, whoa, there's been such a shift yes. from when we were growing up. It was always these really, really like skin and bones. And then all of a sudden I'm like, 
what happened to the shift here? Like, what, when, right. did, when did that all happen? And that was, obviously, I don't watch modeling shows. Right. But it's funny to have this history. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, because like I said, the modeling industry is always about real thin, you know, eating yeah. disorder. I don't care if you starve. You have to work and make yeah. money. Fashion's this. And I came on and I'm like, I'm not going to starve myself. I am who I am mm -hmm. and I'm making money and I'm a commercial model. And that's you it. You like it or you don't. And that just helps so many girls get rid of the, all those insecurities and, yes. and all that stuff. Okay, so you, get, you start the show with Janice. Yes. It blows up. What happens to you during this time? Because you're not a believer in Christ. You're, Never grew up. Were you atheist or? I was an atheist. I used to look at Christians and I used to make a joke. I'm like, oh, they're so happy people. Like they're the fakest people in the world. Yeah. But I don't judge them. That's yeah. how I used to think about Christians my whole life. So how did? <laughs> <common. laughs> Sorry. How did? Because well, you look at a Christian, you're like, why are they so happy? You know. Right. Well, they 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 really like to fake a lot. So, how did Hollywood affect your life in this modeling industry? Well, when I started making money and I was traveling and working with Janice Dickinson, I started to meet celebrities, go to red carpet events, went to industry parties. My whole entire life, I looked up to these actors as, oh my God, you know, Sandra Bullock and yeah. Jennifer Gardner and the you know Meryl Streep and you look at Hollywood as a sophisticated business that these women like their their inspiration to millions of people around the world and as I got into the business on the outside of it I would party a lot and I was drinking and I never I always like thought about my childhood like not being loved and accepted I was very confident but I always felt a void of of not having authentic love in my life. So mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was and I was chasing it in the industry. Mm -hmm. So I started, you know, hanging out with crazy people. I think I, I have this thing inside of me where I get so bored that I have to either be the crazy person in the, mm -hmm. in the party or I have to go to the crazy. So I freaking saw a lot of things I shouldn't have mm -hmm. seen. And with that being said, I just saw a lot of people, you know, I've had women that were married with children try to date me big, celebrities mm -hmm. that you know I'm not gonna name names yeah, but you know it was just hard to see a lot of the crazy side of Hollywood and the hypocrisy and the cheating and like swinger parties and drugs and anything goes that affected me because I always carried like self integrity like that was always really important to me than so, money and fame so you're there you're there thinking okay I'm looking for love because you never had it. You're looking up to Hollywood like it's this this career and it's like this bells and whistles. And then all of a sudden you get there and you realize, yeah. dude, it, it's almost like the Wizard of Oz. Devastating. You, put, you, you open the cur curtain and you realize, wait, it's not what it seems. And no. but you're But this is like way gnarlier than Wizard of Oz because right. you're seeing the orgies, you're seeing the drugs, you're seeing people that you looked up to and there's all this like debauchery. Well, not even just me, the world looks up to these people the world, and then yeah. how they, their integrity and their truth behind closed doors, it's just, it. I, n I never felt fulfilled. Yeah. I was making money, I was on a show, I wasn't a huge celebrity, but yeah. I was recognized yeah. and I just was like, you know, this is the most unfulfilling career anyone can ever have. Mm -hmm. And in, through my 20s, I struggled with it big time. And instead of leaving the business and maybe doing a new career, I stayed in it and just was extremely unhappy, drank a lot, mm. partied a lot, yeah. meaning just did crazy things, partied with crazy people. Yeah. yeah. 
Cause you're empty. You're just anything to numb pain. Yes. From the real world. How the how'd your um? Wait, so were you dating girls back then at that time or where? Well, I didn't. I always was. My mom raised me like gays are sick, and if you're gay, you know you're sick in the head. I I was raised from that, so I never my whole life was exposed to any gay people. Yeah. Until I was modeling, and yeah. I was on going out with executive producers that were gay, so they'd bring me to the Abbey. There was a bar called Here Bar that's no longer there. It's called The Chapel now. But it was a big thing in that business because these celebrities were still go. This was before Instagram. Facebook was barely popular. It was MySpace. But this was when like the Lindsay Lohans, the Paris Hiltons, everyone was out partying, doing drugs, acting crazy, like DUIs on the freeway. You don't see that much these days anymore. I was in Hollywood partying in right. those days with one of our team writers, Chad Muska, the guy. From, oh, I know him. Isn't he a skateboarder? Yeah. The, so yeah, that's yeah. the company he used to manage. Okay. So he was the main guy that started the company and then hired me to come in. And okay. so he was dating Paris Hilton for a while. So okay. we would be, we, I yes. was in that same, we probably crossed paths. Probably. We were probably, <laughs> I was probably 20 years old, not even 21 with my fake ID. Yeah, Some exactly. party sitting there well, and Janice Dickinson. I don't well, know. Who knows? We'd be at clubs at uh, Paris Hilton's Nikki. She, they, they weren't, they weren't even 21 back then. Yeah, when we were out clubs. I met, I've partied with Nikki Hilton a couple yeah. of times. They weren't even 21 back then. So anyway, yeah. So it was during this whole era. You're yeah, here. no, it's just it was a crazy party, fun time. And, you know, I just I started hanging out with all these gay people and then there'd be gay women and I would just flirt with them and joke with them. And then, you know, I got I would kiss them and then it would lead to other places, I guess. And I just so, was having fun. I don't know. So it's so this started because I've heard this story before where like someone breaks up comes from a broken home like a fatherless home or a motherless mm -hmm. home and what happens is they get attracted to that person that left them that sex like that right. male male likes male i mean it makes sense like what you were doing because they're looking for that and then but what happened with you is you were just partying having a good time and it's almost like it just started so slightly like ah, i'll give her a kiss right you're right. party just mode. partying You're yeah just, i'm just having fun it doesn't mean anything if see, i sleep with them who cares i haven't heard i haven't heard this side this just started just like playing like you're just partying getting drunk and it started so minimal like no big deal but then right. there was a shift and then all of a sudden there was like an attraction yeah i mean i guess i i'm also one of those rare people where i'm misunderstood a lot where i don't really never even before i became a christian i don't put labels on things so i yeah. never was like i'm straight i'm gay if yeah. i fall in love with somebody yeah whether it's male or female that's yeah. how i live my life yeah. that's yeah i'm in love and yeah yeah you, it is what it is you didn't have a label never like today, labeled myself labels okay right so <laughs> so good thing you don't label yourself so um what okay so you're dating you're miserable Miserable. miserable miserable what was the change what was the point in your life when you were just like okay i gotta get out of here what the heck's going on in my life was there like a, a main event that happened where it just brought clarity in a sense yeah to, to like soul searching for something greater I, than what you were living when i was in my late 20s my mom was in the hospital diverticulitis because the alcohol they had to cut a portion of her colon out and she was gonna die and of course my dad is hardy as hard as he is on me called me and is like you know we got to drop a will you know your mother's gonna die in the hospital yeah. you need to f figure out how to do something yeah. about and of course i'm in charge of all of it so do you I'm have brothers and sisters i have a younger brother one okay. year so younger. You're, you're in charge here okay yes um it devastated me i remember going out in la and i just remember drinking so heavily like i was drinking pounding whiskey and just numbing so much pain from okay my mom's gonna die 
I'm at rock bottom. I hate, I'm making money in commercials. I never pursued TV and film. I hate the entertainment business that I'm in. I hate myself. Yeah. Um, I, I remember I think I had a one night stand one night where I just slept with this famous golfer from New Zealand mm -hmm. um, and just was rock bottom, you know, mm -hmm. wanted to leave the business, felt stuck. And a friend of mine um, took me to a Christian meeting or a, um, a how do you call it? Um, was it like prophet a, to, to a prophet was doing some, some sermon that, in Orange some guy County. That was like prophesying, or right? Something. Okay. And I was like, "What the hell is this? This is like the last thing I need." But mm. I was so rock bottom. I'm open to it. Mm. So I had a powerful encounter with God that night. What happened? It changed my life. Um, they prayed over me, and I felt this peace. Mm. And the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I felt the Holy Spirit. Uh -huh. And um, oh, wait, okay. So I got a question. Yeah. Did you ask for forgiveness or like? I did not. No. So they just they just prayed. And you received, right. you felt well, I kind of, I fell out in the spirit uh -huh. and that scared me because mm -hmm. I kind of blacked out. I'm on my back. You can't, I forced myself to get up because I had never experienced that before. I couldn't mm -hmm. get up. Um, I guess I felt in the Holy Spirit. It changed my life. Mm -hmm. I felt a peace. Mm -hmm. I felt weights lifted off of me. Mm -hmm. um, I felt a genuine love mm -hmm. that I couldn't explain. Um, I just felt like, all of the the heartache that I was carrying my whole life mm -hmm. had just disappeared in that moment. And I was just a changed person. I began to love myself, mm -hmm. love life, and most importantly, love other people. Um, I was always just carried my life with extreme sarcasm and mm -hmm. comedy, because yeah. I think that's a way of numbing pain. Mm -hmm. And for the first time in my life, I was like, you know, I'm not, it's not that I wanted to die, but I just, I just wanted to, I wanted life to be life again. Mm -hmm. And it was an important moment for me. So I have a question. That, that's awesome. Um, I have a question. I've, I've heard so many stories of people praying for people and the Holy Spirit just yeah. baptize them, just fill them right there on the spot. And uh, Lacey Sturm, the lead singer of the band Flyleaf, and she has her own solo album now. She's done a lot of stuff for Billy Graham Association um, on her oh, off time. Okay, great. When she's yeah. not, she's a she's on the mainstream record company, but then mm -hmm. she also does Christian stuff. But she had that same encounter. She was suicidal, depressed, and she was the guy. The pastor had a word of knowledge and goes, "There's someone in here. There's a suicidal spirit, and God mm -hmm. wants to tell you He loves you. He wants to be the Father." And she went to run out, and then the guy at the door when they broke up, right. everyone leaves. She walks to the door, and the guy goes. <clears throat> Hey, God wants me to tell you that he loves you and can I pray for you? And he prayed for her and the same thing happened. She yeah. like woke up on the ground. Right. She said she put, she just said she blacked out and then she just woke up and that was like the change. And it's just so, it's so weird because, you know, um, you just, we don't, you don't know what God is gonna, how God is going to encounter people. But then, you know, she got filled and she started going to church and then she just repented. And, and right. when was it in your life when you or like after you got filled, did you realize you were a sinner and you had like, like what was that? What was the process? I it was, it was very fast, but then also very slow at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, I take everything very seriously as far as, okay, there's something going on here mm -hmm. because 
I've been clinically depressed. Mm. I've been on Ativan anxiety mm. medication. I've numbed pain throughout my whole 20s. Mm. So all that experience that I had losing 20 pounds and ended up in the hospital, mm. dying of clinical depression, I didn't know. Going to therapy for four years, you know, sleeping with men and women, experiencing different situations with celebrities, having that life experience mm. so much, mm -hmm. literally in eight to 10 years, that traveling the whole world and seeing different people um, I just knew that I don't know God. I don't know the Bible. I didn't even know the difference between an Old and New Testament. Mm -hmm. I was not raised a Christian, mm -hmm. never was brought up in my childhood mm -hmm. ever. And I just knew that God has changed me in, in a way that I can't explain. Mm -hmm. I have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I, st I plugged myself in right away. Mm -hmm. I remember right when I got saved, I went to a church nearby where I lived in Koreatown called mm -hmm. Oasis LA. Mm -hmm and um, walked in there and some some great woman came up to me who's a friend of mine and she goes, hey, you know, I know you're new here, I haven't seen you here before, we're gonna go feed the homeless on Friday night, would you like to come? And I've been so used to like drinking for the last 12 years on Friday night, like Friday night was my night to yeah. party yeah. hard and I'm thinking, feed the homeless. wow, like this <laughs> is really cool and different, like I've never yeah. heard this before, I didn't even know being a Christian for a month, this is, is even a thing. Yeah. I plugged myself in hardcore. I walked the streets, got you know, got on my knee. A lot of Christians, you know, I don't judge them, but I was new, I was a new Christian. Yeah. I talked to these homeless people like they were my brother and sister. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I wasn't condescending. Mm -hmm. I wasn't. I'm up here. I'm superior, and you're below. I just got on my knee. I was like, "Would you like water?" You know, what's I started talking to them about their life and. Hold that thought because yes. we're going to go to break and that's a great okay. place to pick up is you yes. out with the homeless people in L.A. Yes. when you should be out drinking and partying it up. All right. Yes. I have Tracy Elizabeth in studio. She was on the Janice Dickinson show. It's a modeling agency show. A lot of you guys have seen it. Um, we're going to right after the break, we're going to come back and finish this story. We got a great last half of some good questions. Um, connect with us at the whosoevers.com. You can download um, our app, we have all the past radio shows. We're on YouTube, social media. We got products that support the movement. We tour high school tours. Um, pray for us, donate, help us fund our mission to bring the Great Commission to the world. So we'll be back uh, right after the break. And when I come back from the break, I want to ask you that question about what your, uh, what your gay friend asked you. Or I think you asked your gay friend. You said yeah. something like, um, um, what, what, what was the question? I asked a couple of my gay friends this morning, um, what prevents you from wanting to go into a Christian church and right, get we, plugged in? We want to get to that question <laughs> right after the break. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. All right, we are back. I have uh, Tracy Elizabeth in studio again. And right before the break, we were talking about the fact that uh, you were you got saved. You went to church. You received the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, and normally on Friday nights, you actually go out and party. But the it's church the weekend got to get it started. I, I get it. I always start on Thursday. Um, it Wednesday. I start on Monday or Tuesday. Exactly. <laughs> But then they go, hey, uh, let's go feed the homeless. And you're right. like, what the heck? Well, I thought it was beautiful because I've yeah. never, obviously, 
fed the homeless on a Friday night. It was kind of time to get ready and go party. Yeah. So I did, and I was kind of hesitant, but you know, we put on our backpacks. We had these pre-made lunches for them, and I just remember like getting down on one knee and just talking to them. Just not even oh, here's a water bottle. Just mm-hmm. how are you doing? Are you okay? Like what's going on? Yeah, yeah. And them opening up to me more so than everyone else. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting. And um, and then I got so plugged in. I was so on fire for God. Mm. Got so, I got plugged in right away. Can and, I can I cut in really quick? Yes. So, a lot of people they give their life to God. Right. They never get on fire for God. But when you get activated, like as in when you get saved, you get filled with the Spirit, and you start um, doing yes. like going out and serving. Should we say yes? That's when you get on fire. But right. why, why do you get on fire? Because you just start seeing God move and these encounters of God. When I say encounters, like these like conversations and you just see God's presence in the, it, amongst you. Well, I kind of say it like this. Yeah. I've been on, you know, I've smoked pot. I've been on Xanax. I've been on yeah. antidepressants, cigarette. I mean, I've done a lot. Yeah. I've experienced a lot. Yeah. I put myself in those situations on purpose. I've lived a lifetime in mm-hmm. 10 years. Mm-hmm. I really have. Mm-hmm. And when you feel the peace of God mm. and when you feel authentic things for the first time, your whole life I've been searching for like, what's authentic? Like yeah. what's real? Yeah. There's something missing in my life. I don't know what it is. Mm. I thought it was entertainment. I thought it was money. I thought it was fame. I thought it was, there was nothing until I met God, knew who he was and he showed me. And he goes, I have a plan for your life. I just thought I'm gonna get saved and live holy. I didn't realize like, no, God's like, no, I have a plan for your life. I'm guiding you. I've been here this whole time. I remember not to get off subject, but I was uh, three years old and my um, grandmother, she had a picture of a painting of Jesus. And I was in my car seat. I was near Belinda. And I looked over and I saw Jesus in in human form. Mm -hmm. And he had a white robe on. His hair was my length, goatee sandals and a walking stick and he was sweating and he would he wouldn't make eye contact with me but i saw him mm-hmm. i was four years old mm-hmm. and i said mom that's the guy on grandma's wall and she was like what you? she couldn't see him but i could mm-hmm. and um so i knew for my whole life i knew jesus mm-hmm. existed or he this man was mm-hmm. real um but the peace of god that you experience mm-hmm. there's no drugs alcohol sex mm-hmm. anything you can think of in the world that compares to it. I'm going to address two things from what you just said. I've heard a lot of, th- there's been stories of Jesus appearing himself. I remember when my mom was, she was in, uh, going through breast cancer surgery. She was laying on the bed about to go in. And she said from the corner of her eye, she saw mm-hmm. Jesus appear, you know, and it was just more like that he was with her right. going through this. So that is, that is so common. I, I've heard that with, with many people. And then, you know, you're talking about the authenticity mm-hmm. of finding your whole life. You're looking for the what's real. I think everyone in the world is looking for something everyone. authentic. And you identify and with you, like, politics. like skateboarding or politics or, or music right. or whatever. And you're like, this is who I am. Do I need to go out and protest? Do I need to, f- is politics making me happy? I tried that, all of that. Mm-hmm. But, but you know what? I agree with you. When you find God, oh. you find out who you are. Exactly. You're like, he shows sudden, you. Yeah, and all of a sudden you're like, dude, I have so much. It's like you become confident, more confident than you ever have. Well, you know been. who you are. Yeah. For so the first time in your so life. So you're not being affected by I know. politics. You're not being affected no. by music culture. You're no. not being affected by these things. You're None like, okay, yeah, I like that. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Right. But you know who you are. You're not finding your identity 
in these things. Right. You're not and making it's very important because, like I said, I love people unconditionally. Yeah. No strings attached. I love you because God loves me and I have a relationship with him and he loves you through yeah. me. Yes. So important. And it takes people decades to get that. The fact that I got that in less than two years. Yeah. But you, I can carry all, that with me my whole life. Were you all plugged in? Like when I said all plugged pl in, you were like, Go I to did church. internship at, at church. I yeah. was serving. I did Bible studies. I go, you know, I know God's real because I feel it, but I don't know anything about the Bible. Yeah. Oh my God. I studied the Bible in my room for probably three years. Yeah. I didn't do anything. I didn't go to a bar. I didn't go out. I didn't go to dinners. I mean, I saw family and friends. I was so plugged in and wanted to educate myself yeah. on who God was jesus the new testament all of it and that is the key and that's what a lot of people don't do they give their life to jesus they they encounter god's presence and then they go back to their old life when when i got saved i did the same thing i was literally for for two years solid for sure i was going to church seven days a week yeah i was calling churches like are you open on tuesday morning are you yes. open on wednesday bible study reading right i didn't know any i even though i grew up in the church my dad was pastor I didn't know the Bible. Right. And I was like, I want to know what I believe because I know God's real like right. you. And that was the whole difference. Right. That's what happens in your whole life. Just you catch on fire literally yes. and you just shift in your whole uh, life. So through that process, because we have like 19 minutes left, okay. I want to I get some more stuff out of you while you're here. Um, so you're serving in a uh, homeless ministry. Homeless but, ministry at my church. But then how'd you get into prison ministry? So I was, I worked, went into the soup kitchen in the, where no one wants to work at the church. I was like, well, I'll do it. I don't care. Yeah. So I, the homeless people would come in that couldn't afford groceries for their yeah. families. Yeah. And then, so I'd be down there giving out the groceries. So I wanted to work in like the worst because everyone at church, they want to be like on the stage. That's, that's another thing, a problem I have a, problem with christianity sure. they want to work like with the pastors or pastor's assistant mm -hmm. i'm like where's the worst place to work in a church i'm going there so i went downstairs and um a well, friend of mine I, I thought about that verse humble yourself and god will lift you up he's the one that raises up and tears down well that was the true the test for first me will become humility. last and last will become first right the humility that also i've learned from god and he's yeah. instilled in me has been such a beautiful journey um, without trying to sound like a hypocrite because I do hang out with the sinners and people are, you know, are like, Oh, you, you're drink, you're partying with the, with the partiers and you're supposed to, that's what Jesus did. Thank you. He hung out. They, they said he's a, a glutton and a drunk. They said right. that about Jesus because he hung out with sinners, with the tax collectors. Exactly. And that's exactly what I do. And I feel like sometimes I'm a hypocrite for doing that, but no, I'm doing what but God's calling me to do. That is the instant. You should not feel like a hypocrite. That's the institution of the church right. that we talk about on the show is if you become institutionalized, then all of a sudden right. your concept is like, oh, ministry is if I'm at church, if I'm working in the childcare, right. if I'm an usher, if I'm next to the pastor, if I'm singing on stage. That is one aspect, but Jesus talks about the Great Commission before he left planet Earth, right? Yeah, that's what true. are the things he said to the disciples? Go into the world, okay. preach the gospel, right. baptize them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey my commandments. You teach them how to obey my commandments in the church. That's what the church is for. But then right. what happens after that? You go to the world. Right. But what happens in church institution that you know that you're doing you're out you're you're a great commission you're a goer right right everyone has a different call too exactly so you can't put your convictions on other people but jesus told everyone to go but what happens is people get stuck in the stain and being in the church right. because it's all fuzzy and nice and it feels good well, and, and that's safe. you know the celebrity part of christianity where people want to be the pastor and want to be known i'm like i did all that i was in the business you know i've been on a show i know what it's like to have yeah. fame it's 
it doesn't make you happy, but people don't know that. They have to experience that themselves. Exactly. So I decided I'm going to go downstairs where no one is. I'm going to serve. And um, one of the staff members, you know, was like, oh, you're connecting with homeless people. You're, you're doing, you're working down here. Who does that? Like, why yeah. would you do that? Yeah. And so she goes, you know, why don't you apply to become a chaplain at the LA County PD? I go, I didn't even know that existed. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I applied, ran my background check, got, you know, interviewed with a couple of sergeants, a couple of pastors. And then because of my story yeah. and because of my history of. Oh, yeah, because your dad, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah that too. Well, no, that's cool because like the, the. Right. Well, the, and my grandfather, who was a sergeant of LAPD, yeah. um, they just were like, you know, you're, you would be amazing. And so therefore now I've been doing um, prison ministry for a year. And a lot of even the sergeants or the police officers are like, you know, when so-and-so comes out of his cell, he talks to you. I see like a calmness, a peace. And they're like, you know, one of the women was like, I don't know what you're doing, mm. but, you know, I think that you're really getting through to some of these people. Yeah. I mean, it's from 18 to 80 years old. Yeah. Um, I go in there with no makeup on. I don't. I go in there with my military boots on and a T-shirt. Mm. And I'm just, it's not about me. Yeah. I don't talk about myself. Yeah barely telling my name mm -hmm. and I'm just there and I'm intimately like talking to them. Mm -hmm. And I say to them, I'm here cause I genuinely care about you. I yeah. want you to do something better in your life. And sometimes I'll talk about my history of mm -hmm. getting off track and acting stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, th a lot of them I've gotten really great responses with wanting to open their minds to God. Not only that, but changing their life mm -hmm. for their, I mean, I'm talking to 19 year old kids that have yeah. their whole life and they're sitting here going laughing, thinking it's cute to kill somebody in a DUI or graffiti a wall. Yeah. yeah. Thinking use graffiti as art, like do it in an art form, like do it on t-shirts, mm -hmm. you know, be creative with talents. Yeah. Yep. Some people don't ever hear that. I never heard that. Mm -hmm. No one told me what to do. No one guided me. I had, I found God at 30 years old and you know, here I am, but still, I mean, life is not easy. And with God, there's a peace, mm -hmm. but there's just, for me, I struggle with the hypocrisy of just the world of people like are constantly like trying to fulfill mm -hmm. themselves. Like mm -hmm. we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's hard. The, the thing that I would encourage you on and the listeners is that you know, what I've been taught is that you can't get your eyes on, on you can't get your eyes on man because right. mankind will let you down. There's always, you'll always be let down by people and the right. only true person, and you already know this, I'm just talking to the listeners now, but you know, Christ was, he had no sin. He came, he did right. it. He's perfect. And he's the one that is the model. I mean, look at the disciples. These guys were with Christ for three years. Right. They heard the most epic Bible studies ever saw the most amazing miracles, you know, healings, I mean, everything. Right. And yet they still couldn't put it together. Peter, Peter blows it at the very end, you know, and then he repents and God uses them in a powerful right. way. But, um, the well, we're not perfect. And I think sometimes yeah. a lot of people use God's grace or Jesus's grace to fall again. Cheap grace. I call it right. Cheap grace. And I think that's hard because, yeah. you know, I'm definitely not perfect either. There's yeah. mistakes I made along yeah. the way. I was carrying a spirit of religion mm -hmm. on me for a couple of years because I got mixed up with bad prophets. And being a new Christian, mm -hmm. everyone in the Christian community wants to tell you what to do, what's right, what's wrong, and they all have a different opinion. You got to be. Screw, it can screw you up. You got to be careful with, with, um, you got to be careful, uh, on who. What, Cause I know that you work in Hollywood and you're around a lot of different Christianity or Christians and stuff. And there's a um, lot of different, um, there's so much diversity. There, it's you call, crazy. Uh, there's different, like, um, 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 
um, I can't even think of the word. Uh, there's different uh, views on Christianity. Yes. So you got people that are like, have the prophets and then you have the people and, and they, they put themselves in these weird leadership positions and then you got to watch oh. out to see who's real and right. who's fake. The money, the love of money. There, there's just a lot of, I know. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. I know. So, you know, just the best thing that I would encourage you and even the listeners again, because right. there's a big audience yeah, here. I, that's what I love about these conversations is that, you know, you gotta be, you gotta see what God says. And I would say people listening, just because someone comes up and says they're a prophet or they say they're whatever and they, they prophesy over you, you got to let it come to pass. Right. Because I, what I've learned in the past is there's a lot of cuckoos and then there's like God legitly uses people, you know, and this right. is since the beginning of time, you know, right. there was the false prophets in the Bible. I was going to say, let's that's, go back to the old Testament. <laughs> right. In the, in the new Testament, Paul writes about false prophets mm -hmm. and then there's truly stuff. Like I've right. been given words, you know, right. That have come to pass. And what I do is when I get words, I just sit and wait and I let God confirm through his right. word because that's the final authority. Yeah. When words, when, when, when stuff is spoken over you, you should be able to confirm it through the word of God. Absolutely. Because all, signs and wonders point back to the fact that Jesus is the Messiah and that the word of God is real. That's the whole thing. But a lot of the people, bigger picture. a lot of people get caught up in these words and they go right. chasing these words yes. their whole life. And I know. What if it's a wrong word? Right. And you're like, it's yes. going to happen. It's going to yes. happen. What if that's not even like, cause you know, when you're learning about the Holy spirit and this is a whole nother radio show that I've, I do, I do radio shows on the, the work of the Holy spirit is that when you start getting activated in the gifts of the Holy spirit, and God starts teaching you, like he's been increasing words in my life, like I'll get words for people, but it's such a new area that I'm like, yeah, it's, you get hesitant. Well, I, even the prophet. But I can I can make I can make a mistake because I'm right. learning how the gifting is working. And right. it's okay. You're not a false prophet if you make a mistake. Well, isn't the prophet Elijah, even though he was confused in the Bible, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean he was like the best prophet in the world according to the Bible, and he was confused. It, it gets you know, like, it's it's but this is the thing with with with, with gifts right. and, and stuff. You learn how to use them like with tongues, and then there's translations, right. and then there's word of knowledge, word of prophecy. There's different things, or sometimes even as simple as hearing God's voice, and you feel like prompted to talk to someone, and you're like, "Is that you? Is that and are you?" And then you go right. to talk to him, and you ask him, "Hey," and you say, hey, "Is this going on in your life?" And they're like, "No," and you're like, "Oh, okay. I didn't hear God's voice, but I'm just stepping out in faith." Right. And you got to take chances and risk because. Peter took risks. He stepped out of the boat. Mm -hmm. And when he stepped out of the boat, he started living the impossible. But the other disciples didn't. But he still deceived God. Which huh? makes he him didn't not deceive perfect. God. He, you know, he, 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 uh, well, he turned his back on him. Right. He turned his back on him. Yeah. But he's not perfect. Right. And it's okay. And, and it's okay. And right. that's the grace of truth. So, exactly. So, um, yeah. So, you know, guys, the most important thing is a relationship with God. And that's what's happening with you. I see you. You know, you are brand new. You are a new Christian. You got plugged into church. You start reading the Bible. You're letting God speak to you. Right. And God will direct you and he'll bring people into your life. And you got to, again, you got to always watch of, of seeing who's legit, who's not. Because right. especially in L.A., there's a lot of oh crazy, wacky theology. Um, well, you have, and theology. The, you know what? Theology is the word I was looking theology, for. Theology, yeah. yeah. Well, there's also jealousy, too. That too. And I think envy can ruin relationships. I mean, not to boast, but, you know, being in the business and yeah. being a pretty girl in LA, mm -hmm. like there's, I've been dealing with jealous men and women my whole entire life. Yeah. Yeah. So trusting people, mm -hmm. what are you, 
my friend? Are, are you intentions? not? What are your intentions? Yeah. I think that's with a lot of people in the business. Mm-hmm. We live in the most diverse cities in the world. Mm-hmm. LA has every single denominational race, mm-hmm. religion. You can go to anywhere in LA and get that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have Orthodox friends, gay friends, yeah. celebrity friends. Yeah. I mean, I have so many different groups of friends that it would blow your mind. Yeah. Um, but for me, I've simplified my life and I'm humble. Mm-hmm. I love everyone unconditionally. Mm-hmm. I, I know, I know the truth. I know my identity, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to. And so I misunderstood a lot. And that's, I think, hard for me. People yeah. that don't know me, they, they judge me. I think they're misunderstood by mm-hmm. who I am as a woman with religion, with mm-hmm. race, mm-hmm. with all of that. And it can be tough, you know? Well, you know what? Just follow the ways of Jesus's teaching. Absolutely. And the bottom line is, you know, I know that you've been, this is a new thing for you. This has been a new thing and not right. super new, but this is, you're, you're still, you're still growing in your faith. And we, we always grow in our faith continually. Right. Um, God, just follow the ways of teaching and people will see your life. And mm-hmm. the proof is in, like that old saying, the proof is in the pudding, like your life. Right. Just watch people watch your life. People had to watch my life for many years and to see like, is this going to stick? Cause Ryan's a pirate. Is this exactly. going to stick? And then next thing you know, they see it and it's like, okay, it actually, this is real. And right. that's it. And you don't, you're not here to impress anyone. Yeah. It's not comp. People like to not, complicate things. Cause I feel yeah. like people don't know that's where labels come from and mm-hmm. it's not complicated. I have a relationship with God. Yep. When I, when I have struggles, I mostly turn to God. I don't turn to people anymore. Yeah. I don't conform to this world. Like I used to, yeah. I used to turn to people and then I would get like, well, this person said this and this person, and it was so, so confused. it convolutes things. And then people distort opinions and based on what they think is going on with you or with the world. And, just go, I go to God. Going back know? to the word of God. That's the word the voice. of God and God. Yes, he, absolutely. He speaks to us through the word. Those are his words. And he, right. I mean, you know, I could be struggling with something or going through a tough time or I need an answer. Right. And I read the Bible. I can go get people's opinions, but then also I read a yeah, scripture and I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> that's what you say. And I know you just right. spoke to me. So that's the direction I'm going to go. And that's the safest. And that's, that's how we stay safe in theology right. is just being word of God. Yes. Because if someone says something wacky and you're like, hold on, I got to take what you, this is what I always do. When someone says something, I always go, well, what does the Bible say? Right. Because if it's, that's, that's how you could decipher, you know, what is truth and what is not true. Right. Because if it doesn't add up with the Bible, I got to listen to this, 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 this black dude, uh, Tony Evans on, on this, uh, K-Way or the station that I listen to is this, is this brother from, okay. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Texas, amazing pastor. I love that. But he is always just like, "Hey, man, don't say, don't take what I'm saying just because you guys are hearing this on the radio show right now. Right? What I'm saying or what Tracy's saying, go back it up with the Word of God. If something right. sounds a little iffy, go to the Word of God. Right? And see. Well, why do we have yourself. different religions? Because people take the Word of God, they get confused or they distort it or make yeah. it their own, and they're like, "Well, we like this part of the Bible, but let's tweak it and make it this." And then, oh, there's a religion. They, all they do is tweak one word in the Bible and then you yes. have a cult, you know, literally. And it's scary. Or, the sal- or the salad bar. There's this one guy. He's a, he's I, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to turn you on to him. His name is um, Charlie Campbell. He's on apologetics. So he basically okay. breaks down, you know what that is obviously because of that's uh, like Ken Ham, um, how he has that, oh yeah, Ken, um, the arc. Ken, Ken in, Ham. Yeah. And, I love Ken So he Ham. breaks down, this guy break, has a series where he breaks down all the religions okay. And uh, he was talking about, yeah, you know, some people like uh, the salad bar of Christianity or salad bar religion. I like the grace and peace from Jesus. Right. I like the um, uh, all, you know, all gods are one from this other religion or, you know, you put it all together. And now 
here it is. This is right. what I am. It's a salad bar religious. It's not like that. Right. You know, and that's why you have to know what you believe. And like what you did is you started going to church for three years, reading the Bible every day and learning what you believe. And we, we have to continue because we forget things. You well, know? in COVID-19, because we're not in church physically, that's also been hard on me too, because mm-hmm. not being around and not being around Christians and what I'm used to, you know, I go... I was doing church like six days a week. Now, we have, we have now, four minutes left. So I want to yes. break that down because there is a lot of people that are going. It's been tough because oh, you're disconnected from. Oh. We want prayer, fellowship. Yes. And uh, what's the other one? I forget. <laughs> you want you want prayer. You want prayer. Okay. You want fellowship. And then there's another one. That, but these are the things that we're missing is fellowship. Truth. I'm just kidding. Yeah. We're missing. We're missing the um, fellowship. I know. And that's been hard. And a lot of people are Worship. going through that. Yeah. Yep. Um. Any last words? Okay, let's 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 end it like this. Let's lead people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, any last words that you want to say to someone that's dealing with their sexuality? Maybe you know you were dealing with lesbian. You, you were sleeping with guys and girls. So, uh, you know, people that are dealing with maybe you're a girl or a guy and you're you're sleeping around and you're just trying to find love in all the wrong places through relationships. Maybe you're you're thinking if you get rich and you become successful and a celebrity right. or anything like that. Uh, that that will bring happiness or maybe you're caught up in drugs and alcohol and all these different things that are destroying your life. You don't have control. You come from broken homes like you from a broken home. Your mom was a drug addict, alcoholic that died from it. And then your dad was a super strict dad and broken home and just craziness. What would you say all encompassing to those people? I would say that take it one day at a time Mm -hmm. and go to people you trust Mm -hmm. and that you know that love you and confine in people um obviously the word of god and go to god and pray if you believe in prayer this is what i tell the inmates in prison because a lot of them are atheists they don't believe Mm. and um i think that you know being your authentic self and you know sometimes i hate to say this but our experiences and testimony sometimes can get us out of you know a life that has burdened us or hindered us most of our lives Um, I've always taken the hard way out. I've always, that's why I think part of my journey with God is I've had so many different experiences that I know what feels good and what doesn't authentically. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just say that to just be strong and to maybe hear someone that's been through a lot of different situations that to kind of take my word for it as I'm being authentic with you. Um, it's not easy, you know, coming on your show and sharing my life because, You know, it's not, but my life is not about me anymore. Yeah. And my life's about God and telling people like, hey, this is real. Yeah. It's authentic. Yeah. God's real. God's authentic. Yeah. It may not seem like he's here, yeah. but he is. Mm-hmm. You know, you have that inner voice, those instinctive feelings. Mm-hmm. That's the Holy Spirit trying yeah. to talk to you. Yeah. God wants a relationship with every single person. Yeah. And just be yourself and don't change who you are for people. Mm-hmm. And just go to the people that you love and care about and you can trust. And I think just try to be with God, connect, put on a worship song, put on a sermon. Mm -hmm. Joyce Meyer's great. Um, Joel Steen's even great for beginning Christians that, Mm -hmm. you know, want to just know what, what is love and what, Mm -hmm. why God is love. And, um, you know, don't go to people that are hard on you Mm because sometimes it can make things worse Mm -hmm. and make you deeper into your depression or your addictions. Yep. And 
I would do this too uh, to the listening audience right now. Um, the best way to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ is basically you just got to confess. You got to repent. It means just basically saying like Tracy was like, I'm at the end. I'm over it. I'm done with this the way I'm living. And you ask for forgiveness. You just say, God, forgive me of my sins. Like, just forgive me of everything I've ever done and fill me with your Holy Spirit. And he'll do it right now. Like right now as you're watching the show, he'll just, he'll fill you because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God is a consuming fire, it says. So let him consume every part of your life and let him remove the stuff that's, you don't want your drug addiction, your, uh, you know, if you're having an alcohol problem or you're cussing or pornography or you're sleeping around or whatever right. these things are. And I've dealt with them, pretty much all of them. And you have too. That God will transform you. He will renew you. And he will show you who you are in Christ. And that's your identity. And that's where you find, become authentic to who you are through a relationship with Christ. And he'll do it right now. Um, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having um, me. God uses all kinds of different people to right. reach people where they're at. But I would say get in a Bible-believing church. We have, we have, we're, we're part of the Calvary Chapel movement. Uh, they read through the Bible from Genesis to Revelations. That's the way they teach. They teach the whole Bible so you get the whole counsel of God. And read through it. Learn it. Study it. And you will live it, right. basically. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. God loves you, and God will never forsake you. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show.